Hi, this is Andrea Borcha. And I'm Charles Wilchin. This is Farsta. The Internet of Things podcast. Apple Watch came out this past Friday. Yes, and, and a few people got them. My wife actually got hers, and so I got to play with it for a while and watch her go through the setup process. How involved was that? Uh, fairly involved, although not more involved than an iPad, I guess. It was neat and pleasant and straightforward, a few too many steps, but it's kind of all new stuff, like deciding what notifications to send to this new companion device. It is Apple's first wearable. I almost feel that both Apple and users of Apple products are trying to figure out what exactly do I want this Apple Watch to be? I think so too. Do I want to be constantly notified about every email, text, weather notification, stock change, everything that you can get on the Apple Watch? Do I not want to be notified at all? Do I just want a timepiece that I can then connect to when I need to communicate without being the rude person that's looking down at their phone? Yeah, I think a lot of the complaints are along the lines of I was in the movie theater and uh, after an hour, it asked me to stand up and move around Ah, because it loves you. Yes. But unfortunately, does that too. Unfortunately, everyone else knows it loves you. So now in front of every movie at the beginning, it's going to say not only silence your phones, but please silence your watches. Right. It will give you extensive instructions on how to turn uh, on do not disturb mode for your iPhone and Apple watch. So basically, it's now a 15-minute delay while they teach everybody how to use the Apple Watch they just purchased. I feel like it's going to have to be, although it wouldn't have to be that way. So I was thinking about this problem, and it seems fairly straightforward, right? Your phone knows where you are. Right. If I'm in a hospital, if I'm at a funeral, if I'm in a movie theater, maybe switch to do not disturb mode. Automatically. Automatically. Yeah. What about on flights? Do you have to shut off your watch on the flight? Beacons. Beacons will solve it all. Beacons in planes, in churches, in movie theaters, in hospitals, in funeral homes. All because they want to bring the watch back. Just like with a little hint that, hey, maybe this is a place where being quiet is like probably good, like a library. Yeah. And And if there was kind of a reliable way to do that... And there was an option on my phone to automatically go into do not disturb or vibrate only mode in those places. I would be totally fine with that. Hmm. Like there are solutions to these problems, but I think that brings up a good point where we're seeing a new product line from a company that can't hide anything. This is really their MVP version of this product that they have to ship on an unprecedented level. There's thought that they're going to ship 20 million units this year, which would make it their largest product launch ever. And so they're doing this first 1.0 version of this product in front of the world. And that's got to be very, very hard. But I I think you're exactly on fleek, as they say, where they're trying to figure out what this thing is, what it's for. Consumers are trying to figure out what it's for and they buy it reflexively. Yeah, people don't people don't know anything. I mean, that's why there's 3000 apps at launch. And that's probably why Apple's allowing such a huge volume of of really not very good apps because they don't know what's going to catch on. They're saying there's 3,500 apps compatible with the watch when there was only 500 apps initially available for iPhone when the app store first opened in 2008. So they definitely are trying to overload it with options and probably just see which apps are used most often and which ones make the most sense. Uh, The wearable market's been around for, for quite some time at this point. And I think that's probably why they have to make this such a huge launch because wearables have been around, smartwatches have been around, other people have done it. And so they, everyone's now waiting to see, yeah, but what's Apple going to do with this market? I think for the scale that we're talking about with Apple customers, it's a little bit different. I mean, Apple has, according to Bono, 
Apple has 885 million iTunes accounts as of fall That's amazing. of last year. It's crazy. And so when you talk on that scale, I think probably most of those customers don't own a wearable yet. And Apple still may be their first wearable. Apple may be their introduction to wearables. Yeah, I guess it depends how... So in my mind, all these fitness things are wearables. So the For Fitbit sure, yeah. and the Jawbone. And those have been exploding recently um, purely because people are start, starting to get more, a bit more curious about how many steps they're taking. And, and these are insanely rudimentary in comparison to the Apple Watch. Insanely rudimentary. is It's the perfect combination of words because it's really like the Palm Pilot phones before the iPhone. Yeah. It just, it's just a different species. Yeah. Definitely. It's a different thing. And I think the response from consumers will be completely different. I mean, if you look at the Pebble, it's almost sad in comparison. Aww. I mean, they did great work. And, and the, the Pebble, for what it is, is perfectly fine. But it was made by a different pedigree of people. Right. And it was made by people who don't yet have an ecosystem. You really have to be a tech enthusiast to own a Pebble watch. Apple's audience is not limited to those people. From a design perspective, though, I feel like the Pebble Steel and the Motorola Moto, they went the right way. Stainless steel, they really tried to focus a little bit more on design. And I almost feel like Apple took a little bit from that because the Samsung Gear S is all plastic. Apple feels like they've been kind of sitting back and seeing how all the other wearables go, what's going well, and and made a, a conscious decision to not just hit the techie market, but to hit the fashion market, too. I mean, they're directly trying to compete with fashion watches, especially with the prices and the options. Yeah, I think they could care less about about the Pebble and what Samsung has done. And, and you're right, their their emphasis is really on on fashion. And the amount of SKUs is crazy. Like there's close to 40 models of wow. these three different lines of watches. There's the Apple Watch, which is confusing because the product is called the Apple Watch. And then sure. within that, there's another, there's a specific part of the product line called Apple Watch. So when you buy one, they ask you, would you like the Apple Watch? And then you say yes. And they're like, which model? The Apple Watch. Right. I'd like the Apple Watch, Apple Watch. Of course. Are you sure you wouldn't want the Apple Watch Sport Apple Watch? No, I want the Apple Watch, Apple Watch. You're sure you're not up for the Apple Watch Edition Apple Watch? No, I want the Apple Watch, Apple Watch. (laughs) Now you're starting to sound like a tongue twister. Uh, The pricing of these things is pretty incredible too. So there's Close to 40 models, you were saying. Yeah, close to 40. They start at 349 for the Apple Watch Sport, the small model. But the Apple Watch Edition is the line that starts at 10K. Nice. And goes up to $17,000. I'm sure Apple is not happy with how things have gone, but but they've really accomplished uh, a ton considering the sheer scale of the launch. So I ha- mean, there's, there's certain things that could have gone a lot better, but the fact that you can't go to a store... I mean, there's no lines are pointless, Yeah, which is a big part of kind of the Apple mystique around new product launches. That just wasn't going to work. You know, we went to the Apple store to try on the watches and the gentleman who was very nice touching my wrist <laughs> was kind of odd. It's like, you know, I know how to put a watch on. <laughs> I, I don't know how long you've been. I You think I've been on the planet, but I've done this before. Hey, watches, you know, that's, he must have thought you were really young because that's you right. Know, yeah. He nobody's worn of, watches for years. Right. He thought I was an infant. Uh, just a very, very large toddler. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah. They're, they're feeling their way out through the process. That's obvious. They kind of, you know, they don't have the answers to all the questions. Cause I asked a, a couple, what I thought were basic questions and he got them wrong. And it's, 
I understand all that. I mean, this, the scale of this thing is enormous. It's not going to... But Tim Cook's really trying to hang his hat on. This is his first launch as CEO. It's so important. Obviously, the fashion, a lot of the fashion side of this comes down to the personal interest of him and Johnny, who's big into watches. And I think even after launch, I saw him wearing a more traditional watch, a very, <laughs> very expensive one. So this is something that they're really into. And I think you had a good quote that you found where they were talking about the Apple Watch intro versus when they introduced the iPhone. Johnny Ive, quote, it was different with the phone. All of us working on the first iPhone were driven by an absolute disdain for cell phones we were using at the time. That's not the case here. We're a group of people who love our watches. So we're working on something yet have a high regard for what currently exists. And it's not like Steve's DNA isn't in this thing. Uh, you know, it's it's an iOS device. Clearly, it, it clearly inherits from the design philosophies of devices that have come before. It's instantly recognizable as an Apple device. It has all that stuff in it. It's something that they've probably been working on for seven years and finally were able to get to the point where they could productize it and meet their requirements. But like the original iPhone, it's a little chunky. It's a little simple. Like, I mean, simple is a benefit, right? But it's you can almost extrapolate in your mind what version three is going to look like. Yeah, I, but I, I tend to agree with Johnny. I, it, I feel like there's, it's more complicated. When, when the iPod came out, uh, you know, they were trying to revolutionize. I mean, everyone said the same thing with the iPod that, oh, we already have plenty of MP3 players. What's the big deal with Apple coming out? So, which is the same thing that's happening with the watch right now. But I felt with that, they were also trying to revolutionize the music industry. They were creating one-off sales of individual songs at a lowest price that had ever been sold before. They were, they were trying to influence an industry. Yeah. They were trying to de-Napsterize the world. Exactly. But with the watch, I feel like there's no revolution. There's no world change they're going for. They just want to, (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't, I actually don't really understand the point too much of the watch. That's odd. I mean, it's called Apple watch, Yeah, but it's not a watch. Yeah. I mean, I think we should establish that. Like, it, it does happen to tell time if you if you happen to want to let it. My phone is technically a phone, right? But it's not. It's a computer. But I would really rather you never called me on it. Yes. Like, I <laughs> phone conversations are terrible, and I don't like them, and I don't want them. Yeah. And same with the Apple Watch. I mean, you do. It does tell the time. Right. <laughs> you know? At the very least, it has to do that. Okay. But. It's really, it's really not for people who buy watches for the time. Right. I think of it as take your phone, take notifications and messaging and put it on my wrist. Yeah. And I just knowing the day to day and and trying to not be rude to the people you're hanging out with and check your phone all the time. I feel like the watch kind of gets it into that place where you're even more disconnected from the people around you. There was a quote, another quote that we found that was pretty cool. Uh, Marissa Stevenson of Men's Journal says the watch, quote, stream of incoming emails, text calls and notifications, end quote, feels more needy and overall distracting than a phone that you can just sequester in your pocket. And I tend to kind of agree with that. I mean, I'm picturing people talking on their watches, all spy, you know, lifting, holding their wrists up. Everyone's talking to their wrist like they're super spies, which was just as annoying as the the Bluetooth call. Look, I was pretending I was a super spy way before <laughs> Apple Watch, so I have no idea why you're even positioning that as a negative. I know. I'm now I can pretend, and it's actually real. Yep. Like, yes, I'm really talking on my watch. Thank you. <laughs> you can get a decent distance away from your phone with the watch, which I can understand the convenience with that. So 
if you're just wandering around the house, maybe your phone stays in one spot and the watch just lets you know if, if you have an alert, if a phone call is coming in. That's true. Even going back to the premise, both the people that I know that have them, they actually look at their phone less. I see. So that that's just anecdata. It's it, it's right. potentially meaningless. But so I they f- look at their phone less because they have the watch option. Right. But if you added the number of times they looked at their watch to the number of times they look at the phone, are they checking a screen more often than when they just had the phone? Because that's my concern. I'm going to start spying on my wife. And I will let you know. I will add up her minutes. Check mark. Every time she either looks at one screen or the other and see. Because if it gets to the point where we're notification crazy and we constantly have to look at something and respond. Yeah. I I was already at the point on my phone where I, if a notification comes in, I can't help but look at it. In fact, I'm so sick that I can mail myself an article. And then when my phone vibrates, I look at it. I say, oh, (laughs) I just emailed myself. I just got an email from me. (laughs) It's terrible. And and it's only going to get worse when it's connected to your wrist, because at least I have the choice sometimes to put my phone in my purse and my purse on the back of a chair. And I know that I won't acknowledge it for at least the hour I'm at lunch with somebody. But if this thing's on my wrist and it starts doing the haptic feedback or yeah. alerts. So so one, the alert that I've been sitting too long, which, you know, if you're at lunch, you're not going to take a walk around the table. And maybe two, you should, though. maybe. Um, two, if someone emailing me random stuff that isn't urgent mm-hmm. is a complete distraction to everyday life. You're right. It introduces a whole new thing to have to kind of manage socially. Yeah. But my hope is with the Apple Watch app, and of course the same goes for, for watches made by anyone for any platform we're going to have to come up with kind of a new set of tools for helping to right uh, pare down those notifications and the apple stuff does like the apple watch app does let you decide what notifications are important like i don't need to hear from candy crush on my wrist but i do need to hear from you know grandma because she's you know three weeks from dying or whatever Oh, that got that, that got, got dark. That got dark. It's okay. Fast. They're both dead. It's not a real world example. It's <laughs> not much better. <laughs> but but you can use features of the phone. There's a, there's such a thing as a VIP list, which is very nice because you can turn on Do Not Disturb, and and it doesn't except if those people contact you. But the problem is people don't know about that feature necessarily. Yeah, so it'll probably just have to take a, a lot of education. Uh, the one side I I was a bit more interested in with the Apple Watch has to do with HealthKit. Because there are so many wearables that, for the most part, they they just kind of check your heart rate. They're starting to get into other assessment tools that they can get off your wrist. And I think that's what the Apple Watch wants to head down. So if they go down with the HealthKit, I could see the Apple Watch becoming a much more prominent product for people to buy. If it's a, we've already got your digital health record in HealthKit. We're already tracking your other activities, other health activities through the health kit. Now you wear the watch and you have a meal, you quickly type it into your watch. Watch is tracking your heart rate, is tracking maybe your blood pressure, if they can figure out a way to do that. It's it's tracking where you walk, how many steps you take, how active you are. And all of that information is now getting fed into your health record rather than just into another app. And, and that might be an interesting way that the health watch because of the infrastructure that Apple comes with, becomes a much more prominent product. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the when you take Apple Watch and multiply it by HealthKit, so there's kind of an OS level yeah. repository for your health information becomes much more interesting. The other thing I noticed that was a little bit different is that 
it's actually monitoring your heart rate all the time. Interesting. Yeah. So there is a heart rate monitor that's used. And if you check in, you can kind of see a most recent heart rate, you know, within like 15 minutes or so. So it's more of an ambient experience. Mm -hmm. They actually found, they did a teardown of the Apple Watch and found that there's a pulse oximeter in the same sensor used to measure your heart rate. And it's disabled for some reason. So they either messed up. Or or, they're waiting for someone with the right app to use it effectively. You know, potentially. I think they probably did tests against some sort of truth device Mm -hmm. and found that it just wasn't acceptable. It's not easy to to do that on I'm sure it's not. So it's something that could be actually enabled in a future firmware update, which would be really cool. Yeah. And if not, you pretty much know that version 2 will have a pulse oximeter in it. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that hospital pulse oximeters go on your finger versus your wrist. Are you saying that the Apple thimble is in our future? (laughs) If it's always monitoring your heart rate... Mm -hmm. Do you think it'll start noticing patterns as in every time your mother-in-law calls, your heart rate goes up and it'll, it'll, maybe it'll start learning your behaviors and the stressful events in your life. And if you put it into a less stress mode, it'll just hide phone calls from certain people that tend to stress you out. You know, I know you're saying that half is a joke, but I honestly think that that's probably the future. I mean, if you're having a really stressful afternoon and you're sitting and your heart rate's still really high, your watch should say, Hey, you want to go for a walk? Especially when it is connected to HealthKit and it knows that you've got high blood pressure problems or anxiety problems. Every time the watch starts noticing that your heart rate's going up, maybe it'll just send you an alert that says, it's time to go. Let's go take a stroll around the block. Yeah, that's one of those things that sounds ridiculous. But I I think that's really something that has to happen because you mentioned notifications and this notification overload we already have with our phones. I think the key is for the phone to learn what's actually important and for you to set some sort of, you know, high watermark. Like I'm in a theater, alert me if the babysitter texts me. Otherwise I don't want to know. And it should be able to gather a lot of that information ambiently from things like your date book, from motion detection, like you said, from GPS, where you are. Well, they're all learning. So it'll, it'll start learning just like everything else does right now. You know, you watch a video on YouTube and suddenly my Amazon is uh, showing me things relevant to the videos I watched on YouTube. Right. People are very highly motivated by selling you stuff. So if there's a way they can learn more about you that will help them sell more stuff, it will happen soon. It'll listen in to the movie you're watching and then recommend the next Johnny Depp movie because you loved this Johnny Depp movie. Exactly. By the way, Siri, you know I'm not not in love with Siri. Mm -hmm. But again, anecdata for us to to think about is that both people with watches reported that Siri sucks a lot less on Apple watch. Really? So there was an article recently less annoying on the watch or less annoying in that it works better. Mm. Yeah. So things like Siri and apparently even voice transcription work quite a bit better. And there was a recent article that appeared in, uh, is it nine to five Mac where they talked about a Siri third generation. So my, working hypothesis is that they actually deployed this new generation of Siri to Apple Watch first to kind of make sure it was working correctly. And then we'll deploy it to iPhones. But yeah, it's it's pretty interesting that both of them kind of let me know this uh, spontaneously. I didn't, didn't ask them about it. They're like, wow, Siri seems to work a lot better on the Apple Watch. That surprised me because I would think that the Apple Watch wouldn't have the necessary kind of audio hardware to, to do it justice. With your Apple Watch, you'll be able to make payments with the near-field communication using Apple Pay. Yes. But the Galaxy and Samsung, they don't have any sort of Apple Pay equivalent at this point. So their fancy watches can't have the paying. 
Yeah, my wife did that at the store and was actually the first person to do it. How did it work? It just magic. Did you gather a crowd of onlookers? Literally the whole, all the Apple store employees came around to see what was happening because they wanted to see it in action because they hadn't, at least not with a real customer. Apparently it's just, it works like you'd expect. It's even less work than it is when you're using your iPhone because you don't need to do the touch ID thing. It just knows that you're wearing it. How does it prevent fraud or security concerns if if somebody steals your watch? Do you still have to type in a code? No, it knows if you're wearing it. If if you're wearing it. Yeah, it knows so, if the watch is put down. The the first time her her security is set up on her phone such that she has to enter a pin for work, but she has touch ID as well. So okay. the the watch kind of knows if it's been off your wrist or not. Hmm. Uh, it knows if it's been kind of sitting perfectly still and, and knows that it's not on its human. And after that, it, you can't just do that. Sure. So there's some biometric measures to make sure that it's it's legit. Can it identify its human? In the sense that it knows the proximity to the human's phone. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So once you've gone through sort of any process that would suggest that it's in your, uh, it's possession. In your possession, sure, you can pay without any incident and it's just magic. And the payment stuff, like you mentioned with the Samsung phone, the payment stuff is in such disarray that Apple will no doubt get a huge leg up. And in fact, Best Buy, who's part of a, an alternative payment system that initially refused to support Apple Pay, is already rolling over. They yeah. can't not accept Apple Pay. Especially with the, the behemoth that Apple is. That was one of the main topics of conversation and argument when the Apple Watch came out is that it's it's nothing special. There's so many smartwatches. What's the big deal? But back to what we've already mentioned, Apple's infrastructure. It comes in with HealthKit. It comes in with Apple Pay. It comes in with 3,500 apps. They may not all be stellar, but it gives you a lot of options to figure out. Okay, so smartwatches have been around, but how do you actually want this thing to function? What do you want it to do? Do you want it to be the spy phone that you're talking into? Do you want it to just notify you? Do you want it to just be your health partner or your payment partner? Or do you want it to completely replace your phone? I just want an animated Mickey Mouse watch. That's, that's, uh, that's all I need. For, for minimum $400. <laughs> minimum. Yeah. And you'll want, you'll definitely want Apple Care with that. So let's just <laughs> say the minimum is higher than that. Yeah. Um, it comes with, you know, and, and you can't ignore that it comes with 885 million credit card numbers in yeah. it. You know, yep. it, it comes with all that. And people want to, you know, once they use it, like it's delightful. Really? You want to use it all over. Like I get upset when people don't accept Apple Pay. <laughs> it's like, what is your problem? And most people do, even if they don't know it. Like Home Depot, I've used it there because they have contactless card readers. Oh. But most people don't do that. So when I hold the phone up and pay, people are just like, I mean, employees are like, how did you do that? Like, what is that? <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Initial reports have shown that the Apple Watch is only splash resistant and not water resistant, but the Samsung watches can go up to 30 minutes underwater and up to three feet of water and be fine. So Consumer Reports did a video that we'll link to, and they did testing on uh, scratch resistance for the screens. Uh, They tested the step counter and heart rate monitor, and they also test for water resistance. And they submerged it into three feet of water for 30 minutes, and it came out fine. Wow. Yeah. So it it stands up to that. Yeah, so so don't swim with it. Yeah, but it's more if if you're one of these people that doesn't take your watch off. I mean, if you have an expensive watch, you probably take your watch off anyway when you shower. But the one thing I've, I've been pretty interested in is listening to music when I swim. 
I know a lot of professional swimmers that were getting frustrated with the initial wearables mm. because you couldn't submerge them and you want to track your body when you're doing laps. Yeah, this is not going to let you do that. Yeah, but it may in the future if it becomes the ultimate health tracker. Oh, yeah. No, I, that'd be a nice thing. It's funny that the iPhones are still very susceptible to water damage, as I discovered. <laughs> Sadly. Um, yeah, no, it's it's awful. And I don't, I don't know why Apple doesn't consider that more of a priority. I'm glad it's water resistant. I'm glad Consumer Reports found that the step counter and heart rate monitors were... Pretty good, passed with flying colors. They also determined that the screens were were very good. Well, they're the uh, sapphire screens. Some are glass, right? The Apple Watch, Apple Watch Sport is not a sapphire screen, but the Apple Watch, Apple Watch is a sapphire screen. That is that getting tiring? (laughs) I should probably stop that. I don't know. You should try it in an Apple store and see (laughs) see if they're over it. Excuse me. What would you like to look at? The Apple Watch, Apple Watch. (laughs) The Apple Watch screen is very tough. The Ion X material, they were able to scratch it, but it was very tough. And the Sapphire screen, I think, was only scratchable with like a diamond bit or something. It was, they wow. have the, um, they have the hardness scales they test with and stuff. So we'll link to that video on our site. Fashion designers also seem to be pretty hit or miss with the Apple Watch. It, I can imagine. It's directly hitting into their marketplace, especially with that price point. Will people that are traditional Rolex wearers now go with the Apple Watch because some of uh, the same price for the same level of luxury. One just tells time and one is everything else we've just mentioned. Are you saying that the decision to go with like a really expensive Rolex or the Apple Watch is a Sapphire's choice? (laughs) Sorry, it was terrible. A lot of the designers that are leading the watch manufacturers are coming out in with comments. There was a, a really good article Uh, we'll link to as well, where it was discussing with John Tarantino, the founder and CEO of Martinero, about Apple's first smartwatch versus uh, the line of luxury watches that they make. And he he seems to waffle. He seems to go back and forth a bit. I think a lot of the designers aren't yet very impressed with the design of the Apple Watch. Uh, I think they're still very much like the classic, the round screen uh the not a screen the round watch face and but that it's nicely done but it's it's still there's a feeling that comes with a traditional luxury watch uh that they're not quite sure that uh, an apple watch can can go to that the technology in the watch is actually distracting away from what a luxury watch should be. Oh, for sure. I mean, car enthusiasts can't love a car with anti-lock brakes. Right. It's the same It's the same thing. And I, I appreciate that. There's some magic. There's some feeling of, I don't know, maybe it goes back to their youths or, or whatever. Like there's something that the Apple Watch can't possibly capture. There's some spirit. But it's going to be like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to drive a car around without anti-lock brakes? I mean, are you going to drive a classic car around because you love them so much? There will always be an elite group where that's the case. Yeah, I think you'll you'll wear your Apple Watch day to day. It's meant to be used because guess what? It's a tool. In a year, it's going to be out of date. Yeah. So wear it and then and then wear your special watch to weddings and funerals. It's so painful to to know that a smartphone every two years costs me seven hundred dollars. But now a. I'm going to have to replace my watch every year and it costs me a thousand. Yeah, there's a lot of use cases for Apple Watch that that I've been thinking about that that are really not possible at that price point, which is a shame. Like for the kids, I would love for them to each have an Apple Watch. And track them and... And, and not even necessarily track them, but if, if they could 
text me during the day or, or me them. And you wouldn't have to worry about them losing their phone. It's it's a watch. They'd have it on their wrist. It, it would survive with the sapphire screen as they bump it around the playground. It would be great. And, and you know, they, they don't call you. Yeah, I mean, there's we ran into a family that does actually have an Apple watch for their kids. But between the, yeah, wow, exactly. You're <laughs> like, oh, you're wealthy. Between the Apple phone that they have in their book bag and, mm. take, and take to grade school and the Apple watch, yeah, you're talking about 1200 bucks or something. Per kid. Oh. And well, and that's the other challenge with the Apple watch is you still need to have the phone nearby. That's right. It's a companion device. There's no getting around it. It's It's sort of, I can't imagine that being the case forever. No, and I, I almost feel that Right now, we're still in this introductory phase of bringing out watches and figuring out how people want to use them, but it won't actually be a revolution in the wearable market until the wearable can function without needing the phone. In the future, I don't want to be carrying a phone and a watch. Yeah. And an iPad. Yeah. I mean, because they're, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, if, if you're the guy carrying around a bag with a MacBook Pro and an iPad, and you've also got an iPhone and an Apple Watch. Like, that's pathetic. Yeah. The Apple Watch, if you're going to the beach, look, take your Apple Watch. If you're going to work, take your MacBook Pro or whatever. A lot of the industry experts have been talking about how, as the phone screens get bigger, that it's trying to replace that intermediary device that came between tablets and phones. Because the screen's larger, you can do more with it. You don't need that mini iPad. So pretty soon it'll just be the phone, the tablet, the computer. Now you've got a watch, a phone, a tablet, and a computer. Uh, If they can get the watch to be functional enough, you might be able to mostly replace the phone until you actually need to use it as a phone. Maybe at some point, the watch becomes your primary computing device, and the phone goes back to what it used to be and is just a phone. That's crazy talk. That was the whole evolution with the watch, right? We, We all were wearing watches. Then Apple and the rest pushed us to start looking at our phones and not use watches anymore. And now that we've quit the watch, they need to bring it back and force us all to wear watches again. I think you're right. I think the phone becomes sort of the uh, more portable iPad at some point. The voice recognition on the on the smart watches will be good enough that you can get away with that. Well, especially if the Siri's better on the watch than on uh, your phone right in now. In the short term, yeah. But in the yeah. long term, I think, I think you'll probably be able to book flights and stuff through voice. I mean, yeah. you'll effectively have uh, an interactive personality at the other end. A that personal will be, assistant. Sure. And that will be a beautiful thing. And then only old people will have phones at some point. And the millennials will be like, oh, you're so <laughs> uncool. Well, so where do we see the future of uh, this watch going and uh, the platform and the OS? Well, in the near future, we're going to get a binary SDK for Apple Watch for developers. And that's going to unlock a whole new range of stuff and hopefully address a lot of complaints, too. Uh, Apparently, Apple Watch apps for some folks are pretty slow, pretty clunky. You're pretty limited in how you can present an app on Apple Watch right now. And the binary SDK will unlock all of that. So you'll have full range of access to all the features that come with the watch when you're developing? Not necessarily, but you will have access to a user experience that's completely under control without just kind of being limited to a small number of controls that Apple provides. Which can really expand the creativity when you're building these apps. Potentially, yeah. I mean, you'll be able to create apps like Apple does with where you can draw on the unit and send that to someone. You can do kind of anything you want. Right now, that's very, very limited. Tim Cook announced that it would be available this year and relatively soon. So that means WWDC. With all of this coming out relatively soon, 
the people that are buying their watches now are getting a small taste of what Apple's initial releases, but people buying them later in the year and early next year will have a much more comprehensive experience as the new apps come out. Oh, yeah. I mean, the people that are buying them now are buying them because they're Apple loyalists or they need to kind of know what's happening strategically because they work in IoT. But the you're right. By, by Christmas, it'll be a completely different story. I mean, developers are going to be getting the binary SDK. They're going to work on some amazing stuff. Hopefully some of it we can't predict. Like there's no killer app yet for Apple Watch. I mean, other than telling the time. But I mean, you can't even create a third party watch face right now, which is just crazy. Yeah, that seems like the very first thing I'd want to create. You'd think. But I can also understand where Apple wouldn't want to pollute the initial story. With the Mickey Mouse? No, the Mickey Mouse is great. Yeah. A classic. But, yeah. I, but I can understand where they wouldn't want to pollute it with, they're already kind of being restrictive about things like fart apps, mm. which, okay, yeah. I, I understand. But Apple has to decide what kind of company it is when it comes to apps. Are they the company that allows 3,000 apps at launch, most of which are utter crap? Yeah. Or are they the kind of company that restricts things and provides a tight editorial process? Because right now they're a, a bad mix of both. That's very interesting because as developers uh, in the mobile sphere have have kind of always had that conflict, you know, putting something in Google Play is next to no effort. Putting something in Apple required a team of someone's to vet your app. It's ironic that they didn't do that for the watch. No, they did. 3,500, but you're saying most of them are crap. <laughs> well, they work fine. So I don't mean crap in that way, but I, I think... Developers are just doing it to be in the store at launch. Right. I mean, they're doing it for marketing reasons. Mo the vast majority of those apps are useless and pointless. And I, I bet we'll get very few to no downloads. So they live up to the quality of code, but not to the quality of user experience. I mean, it's, it's technically an app and technically doesn't crash and it's not a fart app. So Apple let it through. So Apple could have that number to right. crow about at launch. Well, and also for them to probably get the data to see... Maybe some random app that no one is expecting will be popular will actually be exactly what somebody's looking for. That's for the a watch. totally, totally reasonable point as to why they got you so know. many. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing it for the wrong reasons if they're doing it for the number to announce. Yeah, and I have a feeling Apple did that for that launch, and it's slightly disappointing. But I wonder if they start kicking apps off at some point. It's a good point. They really need to. For example, there are still apps you can download that don't work at the iPhone 6's native resolution. And they need to start kicking out apps that don't do that because they're just dead apps. I mean, it's very obvious. They should give developers a heads up. They should say you have X amount of time to update your app for the iPhone 6. And the same thing should happen with Watch. It's like if your app is in the store and it's some clone of whatever, they really need to kick it out and, and be better at that. If they're going to do that, if they want to have that kind of editorial control right. and over had, the app store. And have their typical highbrow uh, view of the apps that they want to put out there. The, 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 it's all about the quality of the user experience. And it's all about what they really want the user to experience. Whereas Google felt a lot more democratic. Google Play is just more about everyone gets a chance. Uh, yeah, the downside is that Google Play has a lot more junk. And a lot of it's just absolutely malicious. And so if Apple's going to do that kind of editorial control, they should really take it seriously and really get serious about it. Right now, it's this weird mix of, yeah, there's a lot of bad apps and a lot of like arbitrary rules for developers. So it's kind of uh, worst of both worlds. So since you spent the last uh, few days playing with the watch, what's your final verdict? 
I would not buy it. Really? It's a really beautiful toy. Obviously, I'm very interested in the Internet of Things and wearables. And so I kind of feel like it will be good to have had that perspective. And I also work with companies who do IoT uh, software and stuff. And it will be interesting to see what kind of stuff can be developed for Apple Watch. And then you and your wife can send your heartbeats to each other. That's all we'll do. We've been married a while, so it won't be so much romance. It'll be like, I'm alive. (laughs) Just checking in. But if you are not a super IoT tech enthusiast and you don't really have a lot of money to blow, it's probably more worthwhile to wait it out and see where the next generation or two generations from now end up. Yeah, I think by all objective measures, it's kind of crazy to buy one right now. I'm a lover of gadgets. And so if you buy one, like more power to you. But for the average person, I don't. I can't think of a of a normal person I would recommend this to. It's not a necessity. Whereas, you know, I I recommend you know Jawbone and Fitbit to a number of people because at least it has a very distinct purpose. But the watch is so expensive, and I think it hasn't quite figured out what its purpose is. I think it will. Yeah. But it hasn't yet. And obviously, if you have an app that you see on Apple Watch and it would change your life for the better, do it. Right. I made the comparison with Sneetches. Dr. Seuss's Sneetches? Yeah. So there's um, the Sneetches are, you know, they're yellow and some of them have a green star. Right. On their bellies. And and they are obviously the people with the Apple Watch. And so if you are a Sneetch without a star. And you want to be cool like the Sneetches with the stars right. that are discriminating against the Sneetches without the stars. Right. Then when Sylvester McMonkey McBean comes into town with his machine... Right. You should pay the money, get in the machine. And to get your star. To get your, your Apple Watch. It's fun to play with. It's a neat toy. Uh, but right now there are no killer apps. You know the second generation is going to be substantially better than the Definitely, first. Definitely, with the data they're collecting on current watch users. Yeah, it's going to be thinner. It's going to be faster. It's going to have more sensors. So if you can, wait, enjoy the show. Read about it. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> Keep an eye on it. And then, and then see. Have a friend show you happens. his or yep. hers. And you can go into the, any Apple store and you can have a random Apple clerk put a watch on your wrist yes. for you. Gently and lovingly apply a watch to so your wrist. So there's always that experience if you're not quite ready to for buy free. one. I'm going to do it every day. It's just, it's so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we're going to end the Apple Watch <laughs> conversation. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Far Stuff, the Internet of Things podcast. You can find us on the internet at farstuff.com and at farstuff on Twitter. Get in touch with us using the contact form at farstuff.com or email us at podcast at farstuff.com. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps other people find us. To get the best of the Internet of Things news every week, sign up for our email newsletter at farstuff.com. And this brings us to the end of our thing. Far Stuff friends, thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, don't buy an Apple Watch. (laughs) Did you think I was going to say that? No. Really? That was weird. You're weird.